Hey everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we are going to talk about why NPS is kind of a shitty metric to track, and we're telling you what to do instead. Enjoy. All those buttons we need to push. Wow. Michael, how wow, much time wow, has it wow, been wow, wow, wow. Since, since we were here in the studio? last 160 hours 24 minutes and some seconds and i know this to be a fact because i forgot to turn off my stopwatch no 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 that's not what happened what happened is that you set a countdown because <laughs> you just you just couldn't wait no exactly i was so excited and then you know during, during the weekend you like looked at this it's a little uh, bit you know some people have a christmas calendar yeah, yeah, yeah you have just a countdown no that's true and the thing is i'm going on holiday how will i function I'm just gonna, you know, sit on the beach thinking about podcasting. And yeah. Be like, oh. No, but you will, you will then try and get your motivation up by sneak peeking on your phone, and seeing the counter, <laughs> you know, run down. It's like, when am I back? When am I back? I can't wait for it. <laughs> this is how committed we are. This is how committed we are to this show. But we also have a lot of fun while learning. I think that's the beauty of it. I don't I mean, have any fun here. This is all just fake. This is really the longest onboarding program I've ever had. When you think about yeah. it, I could, <laughs> I could switch now from marketing to revenue operations if I wanted to, and I'd be a pro. Yeah. I'd be a pro. Maybe this is what the this podcast should be called. It's just the longest onboarding year. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. But I mean. Um, Yeah, and I think also what's important is to take stock as you onboard. How satisfied are you actually with the job and all that stuff, right? I'm nailing it. Those yeah. segues. No, I know. Uh, we called it employee satisfaction, and we used uh, ESAT points whenever you know we had to make a, a decision we knew would hurt Some a little bit. Some people literally call it ENPS, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a thing. So how, how likely they are to recommend a job there. Cool. Mm. Um, but that's actually uh, what we're going to get into today. Uh, today we're going to talk about NPS, so Net Promoter Score. There is a few problems with it, how it's being used. And uh, fortunately enough, we're going to get into some alternates to fix it. That's it today. Yeah. And um, so the thing is, I was obviously researching this uh, as I like to do because I, it's onboarding, right? I need to mm -hmm. learn stuff before yeah, I can really homework. talk. Yeah, it's my homework. And um, one of the things, and also just what I've experienced myself is, you usually have a dashboard in every conceivable room at a SaaS company. And then you have something that's focused on the customers. And there's always NPS blown up. And then a lot of focus on, you know, the NPS score. It's so important, you know. We uh, we think it has an influence on our ability to retain customers. It's just not true. That's not what you use it for. Yeah. I think we should, you know, going back a little bit in time here. Uh, so who invented this thing? Obviously, it's a big analyst house to <laughs> sell reports, ebooks, yeah. and consulting hours. Uh, Gartner, I think it was Gartner. Yeah, I think so. Gartner invented this in the, I want to say in the 80s or something like this. It's, it's pretty old, actually. And uh, yeah, they invented it to actually figure out what is the likelihood of uh, word of mouth, yeah. right? Kind of the likelihood that some of your consumers, right? This is actually a consumer play. Some of your consumers, are, you know, how likely are they mm. to bring up, you know, the, the new toothpaste they just bought in a conversation somewhere else and be like, you know what? Toothpaste? From that friend, it's just <laughs> totally, the fucking best. Totally recommend. Yeah. But you know what's so funny? We live in this very innovative space of tech and SaaS. And what do we do? 
we go back to the 90s and find a kick-ass framework to measure word of mouth. That's it. <laughs> but also, we haven't come up with anything better yet. No, so, that's you know, true. Like, well, until we get to the solution, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, this whole measuring word of mouth digitally, I mean, it's like, I'm sorry. It's, um, you know, I'm a big fan of all of those um, attribution software yeah. uh, kind of guys. But that piece, they're all claiming they can kind of do it, but they, they can't. They simply cannot. Yeah, but then you have the self-reported, which this kind of leans a bit into, right, the NPS. But yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I also know we have a few stories around um, basically gaming NPS as a metric. Yep. So there's there's all kinds of, you know, it's again, there's a way to define NPS, but then there's also a way to execute it. Yeah. So what I what I like about NPS, obviously it's kind of it's a tangible number. We like numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, love and it. that number gives you uh, something good, something bad. Mm. Uh, you, like your age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, but what's bad about it, like your age, is uh, you can't really do anything about it. No, no. So it's very not really actionable. Um, you know the result that comes out of it. Obviously, you you see the this number is bad, this number is good. Yeah. Um, and you roll this number up to the board and they're like, this is not good, guys. You need to kind of make it better. Um, uh, but it's really unclear actually for the leadership team and even for the CS team, for the product team, what what do we actually need to do in order to improve it, yeah. right? And then, you know, once we've done it, uh, can we then actually see MPS grow? And it's 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 very fluffy, those two things in between. And, and again, many, many times they are uh, seen as, as churn, predictors or mm. you know leading indicator to churn it's not what it was invented for no. at all it was word of mouth you know it's, it's net promoter yeah. score you know promoting your you know product not retaining your product and i think just to underscore it we're going to put in a source for this episode we don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of that but there's no data so far at least to back the claim that nps equals retention yeah it's just it doesn't exist sorry well so just to maybe to phrase that a little bit differently, there is data that backs that NPS and churn are not correlated. Mm, yeah, true. Yeah. And, you know, Gainsight, Nick yeah. Meta's uh, companies uh, basically kind of, you know, put this out. And and I think that's that's pretty interesting, right? And then, you know, there are some more theoretical things, um, you know, at least the next one here that I really, that I really kind of don't like about it. <laughs> it's two degrees self-correcting. Mm. Um, so if you, let's just say you measure the NPS of a cohort, it's like ooh, yeah, cohort. Yeah, that, now it's... that now that must be that must be more scientific than just <laughs> NPS, right? So, but you know, if you measure the NPS of a cohort, what's going to happen? Um, your NPS is going to go up, mm. which is which. By the way, it's a good thing. So the higher it is, the better it is. And the the reason why it's going to go up, whatever you do, is because the people and there's a little bit of you know correlation maybe in here, but the people that don't like you. They will, they will just leave the cohort. Yeah, yeah, you know, eventually they will leave, and you will be stuck or left with, you know, some happy folks. And you ask them how happy are you, and you know how likely are you kind of to promote this thing? And they're probably going to say mm. it's going to be great, right? So th that's why it's also you know self-correcting or you know you know gets better over time, right? And the the one that that I ran in myself, uh, not that I came up with this, um, <laughs> but it's uh, you can game it really nicely. Mm. So uh, for people that maybe don't know, every every um, so it's it's a one to ten kind of uh, scale, and if you select, I want to say eight, nine, and ten, mm. uh, it's positive. If you get a, I think it's six, seven, 
eight. eight. Yeah, it's six, seven, eight is neutral. Neutral, so nine and ten is positive. Yeah. And then, you know, one to five is negative. Yeah. So it's obviously leaning in one direction, mm. right? And um, many people don't know this, uh, obviously. And uh, many people that take that NPS also don't know this. Mm. And when they say like, ah, how likely are you? Um, you know, I kind of like this thing, but, you know, maybe a six out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, means you, you're not net promoting anything. No. Uh, you, you know, in the score, you come up with a zero, which is fair, by mm. the way. It makes total sense, at least kind of in, in that, to that degree. The problem is, though, that uh, one way of gaming it, I've seen that, you just color code the scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you basically make everything up until six red. Yeah. Everything kind of up until, you know, eight is um, is gray or something like that. Yeah. Or yeah. yellow or whatever. And then only nine and ten is green. Yeah. So you end up with, you know, you could have asked the same questions. That is like, uh, uh, do, you, do, you, do you like us? Are you neutral? Or, yeah, or yeah. Do, you, do you not like us? So basically kind of almost you, you create a C stat, yeah. right? Customer satisfaction out of it, not a net promoter score in that sense. And that's like, it's it's you know this is not this is not the way this is being it should be being used no no i also received one uh, at some point from my bank and the email they sort of sent it out with an email but the email they sent out the subject line was tell us how great your experience was with the bank yeah. so it was just already their bias towards like certain words yeah i i think the other the other hilarious thing is actually so i'm going to go on holiday with kids and uh, they could totally ask, would you recommend? Wait, you're going to go on holiday? Yeah, now? sorry. Sorry. But so they could totally ask, are you going to recommend this hotel, child-friendly hotel? I'm going to go like, well, it kind of depends to, to you, Tony. Sure, because you have kids. But to Bart on the team, he doesn't have any kids. Like, no, I would definitely not recommend going there because it's going to be yeah. mayhem, right? Yes. And I think NPS also doesn't account for that fact that you can, you know, both be a detractor and a promoter at the same yeah. time. And another another interesting way to game this whole system. Um, so you, people probably know this. You're on your iPhone and mm. you get a pop up like, "Hey, how do you like this app?" Yeah, and you get like a I don't know a one out of five or something like that. And um, obviously, what people did then is so the app developers what they did is like depending on what you then rated, <laughs> then only they ask you, "Okay, do you wanna do you wanna leave a comment on the App Store?" Yeah, you know, makes sense as a tactic. Makes sense. The thing is, people are doing this with the NPS as well. Mm. It's like, do you like us? Yes? No? Yes? Oh, here's an NPS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay. Bye. You it's know? like a honeypot for but, bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, that that is just stuff where it's clear that you're just, you're just kidding yourself, basically. Yeah. Right? Um, and then, you know, once you have all of that bad behavior, you know, piled on top. By the way, one other one, you just stop sending the survey to, to people that yeah. rated you badly. <laughs> it's like, nah. Oh. Five? Uh, no, we're not going to include you anymore. I mean, there, there's so or many you make ways. it weighted, right? Yeah. It's like if you give a one, then it's really bad. If you give a nine, then it's really good. And yeah. no one is ever really going to give a one yeah. or two. It's going to be few. And um, and all of that gaming stuff basically kind of led to, you know, NPS being kind of really difficult to yeah. even benchmark. Yeah. yeah. Right? Even, even on the benchmarking side, it's it's starting to be like kind of useless because everyone is just tweaking it. Yeah. Um, and I think people are tweaking it because... The teams themselves are actually not using it yeah. because they ran into the same thing. It's like, ah, it's kind of not actionable. So what do they need it for? The investors. Yeah. Uh, so it's basically the board. And then, you know, when they when they go on the on the street to kind of, you know, fundraise, I say, like, hey, our NPS is 50. Yeah. Um, and and I mean, uh, yeah. we haven't even gotten into the whole 
like the state of mind or seasonality or peak usage of your software impacting stability and so there we could probably just do the entire episode talking about why it's a terrible thing yeah but let's maybe shift into what do you do then <sighs> solutions right? yeah okay. solutions are so tough yeah <laughs> Um, yes. So I think the first thing is just to get clarity on what is it that you're actually trying to achieve? Yeah. Is it that you want to measure and or drive word of mouth mm. or is it that you want to measure and drive retention? Yeah. And as we've learned, those are two different things for that specific score. Right. And let's just kind of maybe dig into the first one, uh, the retention and satisfaction, uh, of your customers. Yeah. Right. You know, there are probably like a, a couple of other things you could do. It's just, you know, uh, our our best practice and depends a little bit on the size of your product. Actually, you know what? It actually doesn't even depend on how many customers you have and leaving and the size of mm. ACV and stuff. The main important, the most important thing uh, for your product managers uh, or for maybe even revenue operations or for, you know, whoever is kind of working with this, talk to people. It's starting to be my main advice for every single person on the planet that works in B2B, by the way. Talk to people. Yeah, yeah, you know. And number one, kind of, what could you be talking about? Well, number one, do an exit interview. Yeah, someone churns, someone cancels, whatever it is. Try and book a call. Ten minutes, five minutes. Make it super simple. Have you can have it unstructured and just say, "Hey, tell me what's you know why mm. why do you not like this?" Yeah. Uh, or you can have it structured and say, "Like, hey, those are my five questions or my ten questions I ask all the time." Uh, try and make an effort and don't just send a survey that's usually, usually that doesn't really work. I mean, someone yeah, is like leaving you is like, Pff. it's um, also difficult because you can't ask follow-up questions sometimes for understanding yeah. and stuff like that. So, and I think that's almost the important piece is you want to understand, yeah. you want to really understand what's going on. And the reason why I'm saying it doesn't even matter if you sell hundred K tickets or one K tickets, jump on the phone and talk to them, mm-hmm. try and figure it out. And they will they have broken up with you anyway, they will be likely very candid with you. Yeah. They will they let you know. Brutally honest. They will let you know why. Yeah. Um, and especially, and it hurts a lot, but especially call up the ones that rage quit, you know, <laughs> <laughs> all caps, yeah. something like that. And they will tell you, uh, and you know, in the end, you will synthesize this up and be like, yeah. oh, this is our, you know, service team. It's like, hey, I had this problem. I tried to find a button, yeah. blah, um, reached out, got an answer back a week later for which browser are you using? I yeah. mean, you know, and and it might be kind of those things, right? And that's then the story. And then you can take that. Yeah. You can, you, you're literally going to learn something here. And then you can say like, okay, this happens all the time. Let's try and fix it, right? Mm. And uh, from each of those interviews, you're going to learn something that basically going to crush all of those internal you know, BS. It's like, oh, what should we do? Or we could uh, maybe hire more service folks. We can maybe kind of build this feature. We can mm. maybe do all of these things. But what should we do? We don't know. Yeah. Well, when you talk to them, it will be super crystal clear uh, because you take that anecdote, you take that story, uh, and maybe even those stats around it, you will take them into the management meeting. It's like, hey, what people are hating the most are those three things. Yeah. So guess what? Those should be the three things we're attacking. And what's even better about that is it's not necessarily that you will come out and be like, oh, we need to hire more service folks. Mm. It could just be like, hey, the, you know, we're, we're having, we're responding too slowly. Yes, maybe, you know, hiring service folks is the right thing. And it could also be, 
we ask too many stupid questions mm. or we ask them to fill in this questionnaire to kind of get on the call and then we ask the same question anyway because our systems are integrated. Yeah. I mean, there might be so many different things that are at odds here and talking to people will give you a really nice understanding. It's this thing over here. Yeah. This is where it's breaking yeah. and that's where you need to start and attack it. So I think there's two interesting dimensions. One is the rage quitter. It's not about convincing them to you know reconcile the relationship it's about understanding why they quit right i think it's yeah. super important to make that clear they, they will have to be two separate conversations if you want to remedy the relationship yes. to some degree which is normal right yeah we're not talking about a rescue squad no. so in, in in telco subscriptions when you quit yeah. you literally get a call from that telco and they're trying to kind of get you back mm. and uh, and if you play this game really well they'll give you like a crazy discount by yeah. the way not sure if anyone tried this but they have a specific team with like infinite discounts yeah. to go out and retain people this is not this is not the tactic here i mean if that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it turns into good for you but that's not that's not the tactic no. here um, and I think the other reflection was if you then start doing it and want to distill that those insights and learning onwards i think it's also super important to be clear on hey this person I'm going to talk with, was this the core ICP that, mm -hmm. you know, has a good retention rate and so forth, just to have that nuance in there as well. Cool. Another one, you know, talk to them when they are uh, at the highest endorphin level possible. Kind of talk to them when they close win. Mm. Um, have a post, uh, you know, contract signature call with them, which is not the salesperson or someone else that was involved in this, kind of a third party entering. Mm -hmm. And um, and ask them why they're bought in the first place. Yeah. Um, and you know what? That will give you a hint also why people are quitting uh, because maybe they're not actually achieving what they bought in the first place. Mm. And obviously, you don't want to do it like this one customer quit because of you know we had this yeah. enter in interview. You kind of you want to find it out in general, and it's going to be awesome for your um, messaging. Yeah. It's going to be awesome for your website. It's going to be awesome for your sales deck. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be awesome for so many other things as well than just the, uh, you know, retention word of mouth side. It's really also, yeah, I hesitated on this one a little bit, but actually, you know, I had this conversation with, you know, Antonio, sales rep, and he really convinced me. Yeah. It's like, oh, hesitation. Okay, how can we remove that even, you know, by yeah, by using yeah. it on the website to kind of, you know, kick those uh, those objections already there, yeah. right? So can totally recommend that. And again, it doesn't matter if you have a 100K ticket or 500 euro ticket. Mm. You just do it more randomly with a smaller tickets. Kind yeah. of call these guys up, see what's, see what's going on. Then, um, you know, maybe you take this one on the service side. Yeah, so I mean, in, um, in retail, it's actually super normal to yeah. do surveys. Um, so they will, they will do a couple of things, right? They will have the standard, you know, you post, there are three buttons when you leave the store. How happy or satisfied are you kind of with the experience, right? It's so that's the, that's the literal airport thing. Yeah, so the airport thing, right? But they will also do a couple of other things, actually. So they will do uh, mystery shoppers. Mm. So they will hire people to go and do certain things in the store to relay back what was the yeah. experience, right? Yeah. Um, think about, uh, think about, for example, McDonald's, right? They will ask you if you order a menu, hey, do you want the large, right? And if they don't do that, the sales reps, they're going to, you know, lose out on revenue. So it's super important to them to maintain that level of standard, right? But then they will also go out and do uh, way deeper surveys with, you know, the, so if you're in a specific city, let's say Brooklyn or whatever, they will go out to your immediate, you know, TAM or SAM, SOM, whatever yeah. your, your area and start digging into behavior of, where are you shopping and why? What do you think of this store? Why aren't you going there? Like, what's the, the reasoning behind it? There's really a lot of insights in, in that area as well. So this is not necessarily on the, you know, 
retention side a lot mm. of it is about the acquisition which is really important so it's, it's obviously different from from the whole sash spiel yeah don't know if that fits in to our episode though <laughs> i think we were flying until um mystery shopper no after yeah. mystery shopper actually yeah but it's anyway <laughs> we just got it i had a good one i just forget that's that's what it is yes um and then you know lastly obviously you can uh look at some obviously some some numbers some data like, you know, let's not forget about that. And that can be usage, it could be retention, it could be by cohort, by segment and so forth. I mean, you can, this endless stuff that you can look at. Yeah. Um, I think what a good learning is from the whole PLG crowd is think about your product also as a funnel. Yeah. Um, and they don't like it because it's a flywheel and, you know, all of that wonderful stuff. But your product is just a fucking funnel. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, think about what people need to achieve in order to move through the steps down the funnel. Mm. Um, and uh, in your case, it might be, you know, onboarding completed, obviously, and maybe implementation before. Mm. Uh, but it's also like, are they clicking this button often enough? Are they logging in on a weekly basis or is it just monthly? And, you know, when they log in, what do they do? And, um, you know, figure out what this, and I think in PLG world is, um, you know, the aha moment. Yeah. Then they call it the Eureka moment, which I don't understand actually anymore. So, you know, maybe you forget about that. Yeah. Uh, but then they have something they call habit forming. Yeah. Uh, where then suddenly um, this thing that you're, the, the product that you're using is starting to become part of your daily, weekly, monthly, whatever habit. Yeah. Um, and that then becomes much harder to break afterwards, right? Kind of undoing a habit is really difficult. Forming yeah. a habit is, uh, is, is really powerful. Um, so that's kind of how they're thinking about it. And if you kind of structure the, let's just say, uh, the, the, the usage cycle, mm. you know, like a funnel, yeah. you will see how customers uh, move through the funnel and then ideally hit this late stage of, hey, they have formed a habit. Yeah. They can't go anywhere. Yeah. It's going to be really difficult. And then lastly, obviously, you know, create some kind of offboarding signals. Yeah. Um, so in, for uh, MailChimp, it was download the email list. That was their signal. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, that makes sense. It's like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't be hitting this button. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, in the social media management company I worked at, we had kind of a, because all of the APIs were public and we obviously were pulling those in. Yeah. And we could, we monitored all our customers' uh, postings. Yeah. Um, obviously, because we were also posting, you know, the software was posting on their behalf. Um, and we monitored for uh, postings being done by non-native apps or ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if if Hootsuite suddenly popped up uh, on flag. one of our customers' yeah, channels, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like red flag, yeah. uh, we need to do something about it because then we knew they were in a trial, right? Yeah. Um, and so forth, right? There might be a couple of other things, and that is kind of the the very last stage of your funnel where you should just you know when they're moving into this, yeah, you need to figure out how to fix this. Yeah, right? I I also know if you're on the classic sales led motion, one of the things that, and I don't think many people are actually doing it, but it, you buy a piece of software to have a specific impact, right? Whether it's efficiency or something else, doesn't really matter, but there's usually a very specific impact you mm-hmm. want to drive. And then actually having that and being able to follow up on, a, on the customer success or experience side yeah. and actually track, are we are we actually delivering against that impact that the customer needed? So Gainsight, they're obviously the CS thought leader. Mm. Um, and obviously, you know, whenever they're thought leading something, they're product building as well. <laughs> um, and um, one of the things that they actually have is I forgot what it was. It's kind of it's something probably success criteria, something like mm. that's called. 
and there's always two or three yeah. per customer that they want you to put in. So what does the customer want to achieve? Yeah. And then actually they uh, check in with their customers on a regular basis. Are you achieving, you know, those three top things, yeah. right? And if not, you know, then let's create a success plan. Yes. Um, of how we can get you to to achieve these things, right? Yeah. So all kinds of very tactical advice in this thing. Um, this is all on the retention side, by the mm. way. So since we are NPS and it's not about retention, it's really about word of mouth. Um, and you know, number one, you know, how how can you get more word of mouth? Well, you know, make it super easy for people to be able to pitch you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, you know, teach them ideally on the website and so forth. It's almost like minimum viable positioning or something like that. Yeah. You know, make it easy for people to be able to understand what you do and then, you know, pitch it to someone else. Yeah. I think Leah kind of said it when we talked with her, right? If, if I cannot pitch it, how can there be word of mouth? Yes. It's, it's that simple yes. actually. Yes. Um, and then obviously, uh, whether it's in the product or somewhere else, create ways to share easily mm. make it super easy for someone to share your stuff yeah and and again this is obviously then a little bit of a digital play because it's a button and then ah now we can track it and put in the email address here you know a lot of folks are doing incentives for uh, just showing up for a meeting mm. yeah right there's uh you know $50 gift, gift card, card and yeah. blah 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 you know what do the same thing for referrals mm. uh, or start with that instead you yeah. know it's probably better which then basically helps you to, you know, if you do a referral or three referrals, then you get, you know, something in return. Yeah. We actually did this with our uh, revenue letter recently and it's, yeah. you know, working quite nicely actually. Yeah, we're good. Um, and, you know, this, this is, those are ways how you can try and basically push people to refer yeah. or nudge them rather and, and provide a little bit of an incentive thing around it. But I think the cool thing... So if, you, if we take this simple example of our uh, revenue letter that we send out weekly, right? I think the cool thing is not just that we're acquiring new subscribers. That's that's great, right? It's like 10, 15% of something of the, the acquisition. But the cool thing is it's a strong signal. Someone was actually willing to recommend it and we can track it, which is yeah. the most important piece, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's super powerful. Like we, so at home we're using HelloFresh. It's equivalent in US is Blue Apron. Mm. And they're doing crazy referrals. They will literally give away, I think, one or two weeks of food. Yeah. Right? So they're just taking, literally eating the cuck uh, yeah. that way by just, you know, wow. great, by just giving it <laughs> giving it away like that. So it's also a compelling offer and they can track it, right? They can literally track. track no, but it. that's also, um, so so obviously, you know, these referrals are for free, right? Yeah. Um, so you can either go in and check what you're paying per MQL. Mm -hmm. check what you're paying per SQL, check what you're paying per opportunity, yeah. check what you're paying per one uh, customer. To a degree, you can tap into those buckets and finance the referral acquisition incentive out of. Yeah. You can say, okay, for us, you know, on LinkedIn, it costs us $100 to get an MQL mm -hmm. on SQL, whatever. Yeah. Well, that's kind of your budget now yeah. for, you know, driving referrals. And in that case, it might even be better because the selection, the targeting has been done by someone that already knows what you're doing and then yeah. referring to someone that they know really well. So, you know, that's that's how you should potentially be thinking about it instead. Yeah. Okay. Then one crazy last thing. Yep. Uh, because, you know, we have still we have, like a, a couple yeah. of seconds here on the clock. Yeah. Um, Go. <laughs> before you need to reset it for 160 <laughs> yeah, yeah. hours. Um, 
<laughs> it's uh, something that HBRs, so Harvard Business Review, is, is calling earned growth rate. Mm. And obviously, these guys are just coming up with like random stuff all the time. <laughs> um, and it really is basically your net retention plus new revenue that you got from referred you know, refer, referring sources, basically, yeah. through referrals. Yeah. I think that's the best way to say it. Yes. I'm not going to dive into, you know, the, the way they calculated it. Uh, funny thing is, we uh, did this actually five or six years ago already. We called it, we weren't, we weren't as cool as, uh, as uh, HBR here. They call it EGR, <laughs> Earned Growth Rate. Yeah. We just call it NR Plus. Yeah. And the way that happened, by the way, is we started incentivizing the CSM team to do, you know, to hit their NR target. And that's also one of the reasons why I would not say that people should be incentivizing. This. But they were basically kind of coming with like, hey, we're doing all of these other things. Mm. I should be incentivized for all of that as well. Yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> And, you know, amongst other things, what they did really nicely and successfully so, they tracked people that uh, switched their jobs, yeah. like their counterparts, switched jobs to somewhere else, and then were like, hey, you know, do you want to actually also buy it there and we basically we basically kind of then allowed them for not for financial reasons but for compensation reasons to count that stuff into their net retention rate yeah that they were comped on so nr plus and the same thing actually for referrals so if they got us you know referrals coming out of this when they asked someone do you know someone mm -hmm. um and money was coming out of this they could kind of put this against their net retention target yeah so it was pretty powerful and it was extremely powerful because it was always like a full-on deal that was closed, right? They yeah. basically could reverse a churn. Yeah. That's kind of, uh, that's why they're really eager on doing it. Yeah. Um, obviously, when you're reporting to the board, you can't call some of that stuff, uh, you know, net retention rate. No. But now you can call it EGR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fantastic. Um, wow. Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, conclusion-wise, right, there's two outcomes we discussed here. It's either retention, which you need to do separate of NPS, or there's referrals, where you can totally do NPS, but That's there's it. also other things you can do. That's absolutely it. Mikkel. So, Tony, by the way, I had some time to think. Got and it. if I get Chris Walker, I need you to get Jaco van der Kort from <laughs> Winning by Design. This is, I, I need you to get him. I would love, I would love to get him on the okay, show. Okay, 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 okay. If I get Jaco, you get Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Come on, let's start there. Let's start yeah, there. Yeah, okay. Then we go. Okay, okay, then we go. Okay, okay. Hillary well, Clinton. Yeah, I'll simmer on it. Or you know what? If if she passes, maybe Obama. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he has too much in his schedule anyway. I'll That's reach right. out to him. Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, wonderful, Michael. Thank you, Tony. Thanks, everyone. Thanks bye -bye. for listening. Bye.